0: We will remember all the hardships and the difficulties. And even we'll be knowing, we'll know the things that we were doing. So it'll be great empathy. And plus, it's just great experience, really, when we have to learn. But yes, these skills, they will remember. The muscles will remember. You practice, 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 and then you go and you do it. And it's much easier then.
1: Most business owners and entrepreneurs are secretly sick of hustling. And if you are too, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast with me, Mickey Anderson, where we're revolutionizing success because you should have it all. Business success, lasting wealth, freedom, and fulfillment. Join me on this quest to uncover the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms so we can all hustle less and profit more. Natasha Bazilevich is a speaker, public speaking expert, and the founder and president of Change View Academy, where she trains entrepreneurs and corporate executives to give powerful presentations. Man, did we have an incredible conversation all about overcoming the fears of public speaking, building confidence, crafting a clear message, and delivering a speech with power. I hope you enjoy this episode. Like I mentioned, one of the things I'd like to start with is just learning more about you, uh, where you come from, what you do, what your specialty is, and uh, what we can expect from learning from you today.
0: Well, right now I am in Minnesota. I actually, I have an interesting story how I got here is because I do have friends who are like family of 22 years here in Minnesota, and I have my business registered in the US in Delaware, but I am from Ukraine. And I came two weeks before the war started, I came here to stay with my friends because when we were still unsure if it was supposed to start to to happen she said that you gotta come you've got to come all the the embassies are evacuating so I did come here and I've been staying here for almost a year and now focusing on different things concerning my business and job and some temporary settlement here And uh, my professional background is teaching, training, doing workshops. And for 15 years, I've been doing business and professional skills trainings. So it's habit building and presentation skills, creativity, time management, goal setting, and emotional intelligence, leadership, all kinds of stuff. And then in the last three years, I focused on presentation skills because I saw that so many people need that. Mostly people were coming to me for public public speaking. And for these kind of skills, I saw that it's interesting for them and it's needed in their business. And I could see that entrepreneurs who I was working with, also coaches and then entrepreneurs and small business owners, they wanted to take their message and then go out on stages or even just go live and speak about their businesses, their services. Because if you are a business owner and you don't speak about your business, then either someone else has to, or it will just die because you need to really promote it. And that's why I started helping executives, entrepreneurs to bring out their message into the world and to speak with power, speak with confidence.
1: So that's my jam. I love it. I think so, at least me in particular, and I do know a lot of other people who struggled with this. We believe so much in our message. We know that our product or service is awesome. But the second we have to talk about it, (laughs) <laughs> the panic sets in, all of our insecurities come forward, and it just falls flat. The message doesn't land, or we are ill-equipped to say the right thing to the right person at the right time. And I'd love to start from the very beginning, before the communication actually happens. Are there things that we can do preparatory to having whether it's public speaking, sales conversations, presentations, to help us step into our best selves and show up powerfully, as you mentioned? Absolutely. See what you're saying, that
0: we know our product, we serve, we do, but then as soon as we start talking about it, then all this panic is happening. See, it happens only because we focus at that moment on ourselves. We start thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, how do I sound? Am I clear? will they even understand me? Oh, what if I fail? Oh, how do I look? So if we shift that focus from ourselves and we, because we are passionate about this product or this service, otherwise we wouldn't have started it. If you, whoever's listening, if you're not passionate about your, your service or what you're offering, then well, forget it. Then just do something else. Because then you won't be able to succeed in it. You won't enjoy your life and and your work. And then people who you work with or who you invite to work with you, they won't enjoy it as well. That's why I believe and I want to believe that you are passionate about that. So then, what you have to start with is focus on that passion. Because if you forget about yourself, your potential failure and you know failing is totally normal so if you fail that's just something to laugh about or to smile about or to just put as a brick for your success put it in and say okay let's keep going so failure is totally normal but you've just got to know to focus on that passion or that thing that you love and then go out there and speak about that so to prepare you think about everything that you love about your service think about everything that is is the best about it. Think how it can help service a product. I don't know exactly what you're offering, but think about how it can solve other people's problems. Remember those people who you helped with your service or your product. Remember their comments or something that they told you how you helped them and how it was beneficial for them. I remember I learned from Marie Forleo to create a folder with some praises from my clients. So I have a special folder with comments, reviews, recommendation letters, everything, all great, wonderful things that my clients and my friends told me about my service, about what I offer and about my skills. And then if I'm in doubt, then I will go and I'll read those. Mm -hmm. So go and read those comments from social media. You would maybe, I would suggest that you screenshot them and save them into that folder, screenshot and then put them into some Word document maybe and so then you would be able to go there and read those to just pump yourself up to believe again in your own abilities and get passionate again about your product and so when you do this then if you go and speak then that's what you will focus on those benefits for your audience the
1: the passion that you have for your service and then you won't be panicking you won't be nervous I am just thinking back to an experience that I had that this reminded me so much of it was a sales conversation I went into where I had a script and I was so focused on hitting everything in the script that I almost lost my emotion my character who I was and it became all about hitting the bullets and I thought to myself after the conversation didn't go well I was like maybe scripting is not for me The following one i decided to wing it to go in and just focus on what it was the transformation that i was hoping to create and within about five minutes i knew that i was going to make the sale because of that shift and i think that's what you're talking about is instead of worrying about how you're going to deliver and all of the key components that become so overwhelming we just let our passion lead us we're going to be in a better place is that right Yes, absolutely. That's the best.
0: And I maybe won't always recommend winging it. If it's a a sales conversation, then that's, yeah, that is great. But if you're going to give a speech, Mm. then not always winging it would be the great solution or the great advice, but definitely not reading from a script. Because we go to a speech, we go to a presentation, and we've got to prepare for it. But it doesn't mean learn every word and make sure that we follow the script word by word. No, we go, we know the main idea. And like you said, you know, what is the benefit of what you want to share with them. And that main idea of the speech, the beginning and the ending, that is what you've got to know very, very well. And then, then you go and you just be open to sometimes be spontaneous or be impromptu. Just knowing your structure, knowing your main idea will help you do it without any script.
1: What great advice. I I know I've struggled in the past with finding that balance between having an outline and having a script because there are always key pieces that I just want to make sure I nail that one line that has to hit hard. And sometimes I get so caught up in getting to that moment that I either rush and miss opportunities to be powerful along the way. And so I show up to that moment and it it just doesn't work out as well. Mm -hmm. When we're thinking about Creating that outline or maybe those bullets, are there any key tips or ways or things that we can do to set ourselves up for success without going so far as scripting?
0: Yes. Well, you can even have a script. I just recently had a training in New York City and I had a huge script that we were going, we had to use it. You know, have like actors, they yeah. have a script. So it's totally normal to have it. But The interesting thing is even an actor good actors and good directors will allow this for them is they've got to know their lines, but then when they go out there and they play, they act, then they can be more spontaneous. They can be flexible with those lines they can say them in different ways they don't have to say them exactly the way it was written because actually it might be even not natural Mm. if they say it the way they would say to their friend or to someone like that in their own life then it would be more authentic so what you've got to do is well first of all yes have that script and if you feel like there are words or phrases that you for sure want to use in your speech and in your presentation what i do is i highlight those phrases And then even when I have my script, when I'm learning that script, I usually don't learn word by word. I just remember, I, I, again, take that script and I divide it into bullet points or I divide it into some parts or on the side, I write the main ideas, kind of like I create again the outline for that script. But then if there are those phrases, I will highlight them Mm -hmm. so that when I look, my eyes will remember. And because you know, that's how our brain works. We will remember those highlighted things visually, they will stay in our memory. And then I don't have to make sure that I bring it to that particular phrase because it will just be like this do-do-do-do in my, in my brain here. I will know that that is the phrase that I will have to say. And also just because I remembered the script, the way it was written, I not memorized every word, but I remembered the structure. I had those and then, oh, and then there's that highlighted phrase that I had that I wanted to say. So it will come up definitely in my memory and I would say it. So that, that what works for me always.
1: As you're talking about the album, outline and the structure of a presentation. One of the things that I've noticed recently is if I'm not hooked within the first couple of moments of a presentation, or even a conversation, maybe a video, I'm gone. I'm going to scroll. Our attention span is so short. Are there things that we can do in terms of the structure of our conversations or our presentations that will set us up for success? You mean you're not hooked like you you're not in
0: it or you mean you didn't hook your audience.
1: So if I as an audience member is an watching audience. a presentation or I'm watching a video and I'm I don't feel like I'm hooked in within those first few <laughs> moments I'm just tuned out and I I won't give it as much of a chance over time. Is there yes, anything absolutely. we can do as presenters to hook our audiences in and set them up to want to stay? Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, absolutely. There are so many things that we can use. And the main idea is you hook them from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So your opening needs to be grabbing, you you grab their attention. And you've got, like you said, attention span. So the first three seconds, and it depends if it's a live video, then definitely first three seconds, because you know how people are scrolling. So if you don't hook them, even not even your video, but it would have to be even your title, if -hmm. it's a live on Facebook or somewhere, then they will have to be hooked by the the beginning, what is written there, because they might not even turn on the sound to listen to you. So yes, uh, think of the title, think of the caption, and how you can hook them with that. And then also, then when you are on the stage, or when you are presenting, then it would be the first well, let's say a minute, two minutes, you have a little bit more time with them when they're not scrolling. So the, the opening needs to be grabbing. Now, how do you grab people's attention? Well, first of all, you need to know who those people are, who's your audience. And it could be on your live, on social media, could be one type of people, but then if you are presenting It depends. Maybe you're invited to a conference and you're speaking to people who are not your usual audience, or maybe there would be some of your people, but the rest are different. Well, think about them. You always have to start with those people and get to know them as much as possible. So, who are they? What are their interests? If it's a conference or some kind of live in-person event, then talk to them or talk to the organizers and get to know about them as much as possible. Their demographics, their hobbies, their, of course, their problems, because the most important thing is you are solving some kind of a problem for them. I, you understand as, as an entrepreneur, I think you know that that's what we're here for. So in that in mind, with that in mind, you are now thinking about your opening and how can you grab their attention? First of all, it has to be relevant to them. Mm-hmm. So the easiest thing is, and we, we call it a hook also, the easiest thing is asking a question. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a lazy way of the opening. Have you ever, you know, for example, if you're talking about, you're talking about charisma, this is just the latest thing I was talking about. Do you think you are a charismatic person? How charismatic are you on a scale from one to 10? Or, well, have you ever felt that you are in doubt? Have you ever been in doubt? Let's say you would be talking about doubts and imposter syndrome. Have you ever been in doubt in your life? And how did you deal with that? So, you've got to ask a question that will make them think Mm -hmm. about themselves. Because, you know, people love thinking about themselves, it's all about them. So, you've got to remember that that it's all about their own life and their problems. So make them think about that and make them connect their own life right now with their worrying maybe and with what you will be speaking. That that is the easiest. Mm. Of course, there are all kinds of different secrets and ways how to do it. Be unexpected. If Mm. you start with something that will be different, that will disrupt the environment, disrupt their view. For example, they see you on the stage, let's say it's in person. They see you on the stage and it's a normal kind of view for them, something that they expect. Well, if you suddenly take out some kind of a prop, something that will maybe be bright, be different, be visible for everyone, that will disrupt their view, that will really attract their attention because, oh, it's different if you turn on the music. Suddenly you turn on the music that they don't expect and also start doing start dancing (laughs) or start doing something different. Don't be afraid to be ridiculous. Embarrass yourself. I say one of the things to impress the audience is embarrass yourself on purpose. So do something that they will think is kind of ridiculous and then. You show to them that that was on purpose. And you guys also need to sometimes embarrass yourself. That is totally fine to fail and la, la, la. But the thing is that will grab their attention. Mm-hmm. You can start with a story. Just make sure that it's not a long story because your opening needs to be short. So it could be either a part of a story, and then you will say, I will tell you at the end, or we will talk about this in the middle of my presentation or something. I will reveal. So this is a good thing because everyone wants to know what's, what's happening. So it's like if you really tease them and their uh, attention, tease their interests, so they would want to know, then that could be a good opening. And well, a lot of different things. The idea is be unexpected, mm. grab their attention and make it relevant to them, plus connected with what you will be speaking about.
1: I personally am of the belief that one of the biggest challenges entrepreneurs know is they think they know their ideal customer or the audience better than they actually do, and they spend far less time investigating and interviewing and learning about their ideal audience or clients, and far more time worrying about how they're going to sell them. <laughs> and I think just like whether it's sales, whether it's presenting, the more that you can understand and relate and and really like dive deep into who your audience is the better prepared you're going to be. You just know them better.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's And there are so many different ways of how you can do it. You But you've got to be genuinely interested in those people. When you are speaking to them, let's say presenting, right? If we're focusing on this part of, of your job, of your uh, work, then make sure that you talk to as many people as possible about the audience. Mm -hmm. It could be someone in the company or in in that audience who also would be someone you know and ask them questions. It could be someone like this person, but maybe they won't be in the audience, but they have the same background or the same profession. Or you just go in Google, you will go to social media and read. If it's a certain company, you find them online, find their website and read about them as much as possible. You need to know people's values, people's interests. What are their goals? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Find out as much as possible about these people. What are they, what keeps them <laughs> awake at night? What is their pain and pleasure? So all of that will really paint a picture for you. And then you will come into that speech, into that presentation with so much knowledge, with feeling these people, with having them in your heart and in your mind. And that is the best state of presenting is when those people are completely in your whole being. You're thinking about them, you're feeling them. And that's why you're presenting this to them because then all every word that you will be saying when speaking to them, Every word will fall into the right soil because you will be choosing the words right, correctly, based on who they are. And you will see if it's in person, oh, you will see their faces. You will see how their their eyes will be. They will show, they will nod and they will make a facial expression that will be agreeable with you and will be like, oh, yes, Mm, oh, right. And you'll be able to read them. And understand that, yes, this is the right way. I'm speaking to the right audience. So find out as much as possible. Talk to them. If it's a presentation when you are with them in person, especially, then talk to these people, ask them questions, get to know them, learn their names. This was my recent experience. And when I learned everybody's name, there were 30 people in the room. I called out their names because it was an interactive workshop. They were impressed. It's like I had them at that time, at that moment, because there's like, oh, how can you know 30 names? It's because I care. And it's because I look at you and I take I take effort to do it. I intentionally want to remember your name because a person's name is so, so important. So that is it's one of the tips also, remember their names. Yeah, what a great tip.
1: You know, it sounds this might seem sound silly, but for me, this is kind of an aha moment, and it might be for the audience. That a lot of us assume that this stuff should come easy or naturally and that we should just show up. And like, if you're a good speaker, you're just good. But it sounds like preparation, investigation, spending time working on the craft is actually really important.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. See, and that's and I always go back to actors. The best actors, they learn, they rehearse, they practice, they put in hours, and then they go to the stage or they come to the the scene, you know, to where they shoot a movie, let's say, and it just seems effortless, right? We look at them and it seems like, oh, wow, they're just feeling, they're just winging it and it's so easy for them. It's like they don't even have to take any effort. It's because they did. They have done that before already. So much preparation and so much of that rehearsal. They remembered those lines so well that when they came to the stage or when they started shooting it, then they didn't even have to think about it. They, they were just living it. It's because it became a part of them. That's why all this preparation is crucial.
1: I love the example of actors because you can see it now that you've spoken to it, at least for me, it's become much more clear. I used to always think of the uh, example of athletes who would work Mm -hmm. those invisible hours shooting hoops and practicing and practicing. Mm -hmm. And when they show up to game day, they let their muscle memory go. And that feels very physical. But when you talk about actors now, I can truly see that it's very much the same concept. They -hmm. show up and embody the character because they know it so well, just like an athlete knows their body in the game so well.
0: Yes, absolutely. Then this Think about muscles. Muscles know, they remember. It's so true. It's like building a skill. Mm. And as entrepreneurs, as maybe solopreneurs, or if we we don't have lots of people, we've got to have a lot of skills, like develop and learn so many different things. And it's good. It's good for us because, you know, we start with just maybe one person too, or maybe even just by, our, by ourselves. And we we're these jacks of all trades. We learn so many different things. And then when we'll be able to delegate all of this, and we'll just be focusing on vision, on a strategy or on on the things that we're really great at, then we will understand all those people who'll be doing things that now we have to do also. And we have to develop all those skills. So we will remember... Uh, all the hardships and the difficulties. And even we'll be knowing, we'll know the things that we were doing. So it it will be great empathy. And plus, it's just great experience, really, when we have to learn. But yes, these skills, they will remember. The muscles will remember. You practice, 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 and then you go and you do it. And it's much easier then.
1: This episode is brought to you by the Hustle Less Profit More Club, the marketing solution for small businesses struggling to grow. Learn how to ditch marketing that doesn't work and create a no-fluff, high-powered marketing strategy that scales in the Hustle Less, Profit More Club. This monthly business coaching program is designed for busy entrepreneurs and business owners who struggle to market their business. Inside, you'll learn everything you need to set proper marketing goals, prioritize your efforts, and grow your business. Head over to heymikkianderson.com slash club to learn more. Now, back to the episode. I think especially in this kind of Instagram highlights world, it's really easy to just see, oh, it's just so easy. They just did it. That's the outcome. And we don't see the hours upon hours upon hours that were spent before. Yeah. And I think that's kind of transformed the way we think about skills like communications or presenting. We assume that it's just you just show up and do it. But I, I really appreciate the take on the practice and the hard work and the really making it a craft and trying to master it. I have more of a tactical question because this came up recently and I'm sure I'm not the only person who's wondering, but I've heard two different perspectives on the way that you introduce yourself or talk about yourself in a presentation. Some people I've spoken to are completely against it. They're like, it's useless. Nobody cares who you are as long as the value you provide is great. And then some people say, no, people need to know that you're an authority and who you are. What's your take on how or when or if we should talk about ourselves at all when we're presenting?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes. We need to talk about it. Uh, I agree that we need to show that we're an authority. That's mm-hmm. credibility. Because, you know, there are there are six principles of a memorable presentation and credible is one of them. There's mm-hmm. also simple and uh, emotional and story and credible. It's crucial. If people don't see that you have the authority to speak about it, then why would they even listen to you? That's why you've got to talk about it. There's one but. Mm-hmm. Don't start with this. Never, ever start your introduction with, hi, my name is Natasha. I'm a public, who cares? And we talked about the hook. We talked about grabbing people's attention. You start with what they really care about. It's them. So start with a question or something that will relate to their interests their problems you came here to solve some kind of a problem well start with that just put it in a either a question or a tiny little story or or a little or a statement that really would attract their attention or give them a task like i said okay on a scale from one to ten how is your how are your presentation skills i would love you to think of just one number right now think one number presentation skills on a scale from one to ten and you just make them think right now think mm. about what you are saying it's not that hi my name is Natasha and they're still in their phones thinking about their social media but if you make them think about themselves and and while listening to you then they will continue listening (laughs) to you they'll they'll keep on and they will be interested oh okay so my number is eight well how do I get to ten or my number is six. I really would love to get better. And that's what you say to them. You can get better at it. I have three tips for you. I have five lessons, five ideas for you, strategies or whatever. And mean whatever you are offering, start with some kind of question that will grab their attention. And then as soon as you, so there would be one sentence, two sentence. And then oh, I am, not, so you, you grab their attention and then you can say, I am Natasha Bazilevich, I am a public speaking expert, and I'm here to help you get from five or from eight to 10. So Mm. you connect your introduction to this first opening and to what you will be speaking about. And then you can tell them why, for example, because I have done this for 15 years, and I've worked with hundreds of students and la la la. And having credibility doesn't have to, you don't have to have decades of experience or hundreds of students in dozens of countries. You can find different, uh, not the titles, but these moments that will allow people to see that you are credible. It could be that you've lived through something. Mm. So you had that kind of problem and you just solved it for yourself. So now you know how to solve it and you're offering it to other people. It could be your maybe degree. Maybe you don't have a degree at all. You don't even have, you didn't go to college, but you've learned, you've you've taken several different courses and you've worked with several people. And so your credibility would be a story of your client. Maybe just one, maybe you only had helped your friend for no money, but that friend really has a result. Mm -hmm. So that could be also your credibility. So talk about yourself. That's totally fine. Just don't start with it.
1: It reminds me of what we first started the conversation chatting about, which was put the focus on the audience and not you from the beginning. And I think that kind of ties to it. If you start by talking about yourself, you immediately put the focus on you and no wonder you're feeling nervous. But if you start with the audience and then use who you are to back up that kind of introduction, that feels really powerful and makes a lot of sense. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. That is the best, the best introduction, (laughs) you know, There was several more, almost half a year ago, I went to a BNI meeting Mm -hmm. and uh, there were almost 40 people, 38, I think. And everybody had 35 seconds to introduce themselves. So I'm sitting there listening to their introductions (laughs) and I had mine prepared, but I'm listening and I'm thinking, yes, these people really need some presentation skills. So out of 38, I think four of us had it when we didn't started with hi my name is mm-hmm. the rest of them started my name is and then they kept going and it was just a very generic uh, introduction and I don't really remember them I remember one lady very well she started with showing a picture so that was the very and it was online so she showed a picture of it was a flower. And then she talked about herself being this artistic. So I remember her. Mm. Unfortunately, I don't even remember her name, but I do remember her and how she presented herself. And this is beautiful. If you want people to remember you be different and don't start just with your name.
1: You know, I think that's a big fear that many of us have this, like we're taught to fit in, to not stand out, to not speak too loudly, to, to follow the crowd and being different putting ourselves in a position of vulnerability, especially in front of a group, can be terrifying. I have absolutely felt that way where I was very much so afraid that I was going to stand out too much. Mm. But what I, I love that you're saying is if you want to be remembered, you have no choice.
0: Yes, exactly. Yes. And it's, you know, in the last several years, when I hear the word weird, It's almost like if anybody called me weird, nobody does. I don't think anybody calls me weird. I wish they did. But for me, weird is almost like it's a compliment because it means you're different. Mm. You're unique. Because we are all unique, whether we want want it or not, whether we realize that or not. We're all really different and unique. But sometimes we are, like you're saying, we're afraid to show that uniqueness, that something different and maybe even weird. That's totally fine to be weird. It's great. It's awesome. Could be your superpower. So don't be afraid to be different.
1: I think we all need to remember that if anyone is listening right now and thinking, oh, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. Just take a deep breath (laughs) (laughs) and try and settle into the idea that it's important for you to show up as you, regardless of what anyone else thinks. And as much as we want to present to an audience Your authenticity is a huge piece of that. So just just think on that.
0: (laughs) Now you mentioned
1: those six components to a powerful presentation. I would love to dig into, or at least learn what they are and how we can start to build our skills to make sure that we've got all six.
0: Mm. So these are, actually, these are the principles of a sticky presentation or sticky Mm. message by Chip and Dan Heath, I think. And if I remember correctly, and it's called Made to Stick. Mm. So it's just a book made to stick. It's not something that I discovered. I just, I just love them. That's why yeah. I mentioned them. So your message needs to be, and I want to, I hope that I remember all six for sure. So it needs to be simple. Yeah, Simplified. If you want to persuade, if you want people to remember it, don't be too complicated. Don't try to appear smart and use those complex sentences and, and words. Forget about passive voice. Be very simple. Then also credible, just like we mm. said, sh- share something, a little bit of your authority, why you have the right to talk to us about this and why should we even listen to you? Then it needs to be unexpected. Mm it's like again we we discussed it so something unusual something that they don't really expect you would do you would share with them or you would say or show them or sound so really startle them then they will remember it then there it needs to be concrete so that it's not everything about everything but it's really specific about what you are talking about you're you're speaking on point Mm -hmm. really to the point and then it's uh, emotional so you add some kind of emotion it can be either sad or happy any if you trigger people's emotion if you tell a joke and they start laughing or if you tell something sad and don't be too how to say too tragic when you pretend like, oh, just it was so difficult and you make this if you're not a good actor then don't even try please just tell them and if you're not feeling sad at that moment that's totally okay like I've gone through so many different sad moments in my life or maybe even like painful but at the moment because I've processed them I don't feel that pain anymore so I don't have to pretend like I just want to cry at this moment so that they also cry with me I hate those stories or those presentations and you can tell when the people are just faking it so t- tell it share it but you don't have to fake tears or fake tragedy on your face and if you really can be emotional and trigger people's emotion then you have them then you can share whatever you want inspirational a call to action they will be with you and then finally story Mm -hmm. we all know the power of storytelling so share your personal stories For sure, that would be the most powerful, but you can also share a story of your client, someone who you helped or your friend, or anybody you know, or even if it's a story from the internet and everybody already heard that, then it won't be as powerful. But if you just want to use it as an illustration, well, it's okay. Stories really are visual and they are memorable. So have a whole library of stories. I, When I work with my clients, we sometimes sit down and brainstorm and they write 20, 15, 20 stories that they could use potentially in their presentations or in their speeches. And then it's like this library where you can go and, Okay. Which one do I want to talk about today? Yeah. Oh, I think this one. So
1: these are the six. Oh, I, simple. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to do that example yes, right good. there of the story that just triggered me immediately. I was like, Oh, Perfect. that is such a good idea. Mm-hmm. Wow. The one that really stuck out when you just mentioned it was simple, because I know one of my big challenges is I like to overcomplicate things. <laughs> and I know I'm not alone in that many entrepreneurs, yes. many business owners Well, we see the complex. That's what makes us great at our job is we're able to Mm -hmm. see all of the different pieces. But when it comes to presenting, it can be really hard for us to simplify. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it ties to the fear that we're not giving enough. Oh, but they need to know more. Can you help us understand how we can simplify and the importance of simplification when it comes to presenting?
0: Yes, well, I'm sure that you've heard this tell it as if you're telling it to a Mm -hmm. (laughs) five-year-old or like if you can explain something to an eight-year-old or five-year-old probably is too early like to a 10 year old, then uh, so that they understand that it means you understand it too, or it means that you can go to any audience and you can explain it. So, and maybe another example, maybe you've worked with SEO, or if any of you listeners, if if you've ever written a blog and you yourself had to check the SEO on it, then you could see that this this is a free tool, Uh, Yeast, Yoast, Yoast Yoast, probably, right? Mm -hmm. So they will show you, the red color when it's too complicated, when there are too pes- too much passive voice, when there is you have to simplify it. And they actually will tell you, or maybe it's not even on yours. and there, there's another tool of creating a headline, and they will actually tell you, this is the, the fifth grade level, or this is the, the seventh grade level. So it has to be not more than, I think, fifth grade. Mm. And like if, if your your title, your headline is more complicated than it would be for a fifth grader, then it's supposed to be you need to simplify it. So how do we do that? <laughs> uh, well this could be just some linguistics. you look at the words and if this word you think looks, Long or complicated, or it's not something that you've used in your speech enough. Of course, we're different. Maybe if you're an academic, you are you use really complicated words. But think about you talking to your friends and friends who are not in this sphere where you are. Someone who doesn't even know your industry, let's say, and think: Would you use that word or not? If not, then go Google synonyms for, and then put in that word that you just now are doubting about. Maybe that it's, it's too complicated. And then use that synonym. I use that synonym for in Google a lot when I write some kind of copy because I want either to make it a little bit more interesting because a lot of times we use the same words. Amazing, amazing. Oh, amazing. This is awesome. It's really awesome. And then we use the same words over and over again. So there are all kinds of fascinating, fabulous, phenomenal, incredible. There are so many of those words that we can use. So find synonyms. That's one of the things. Or you can take your... Content And if you want to simplify it, go and share it with someone who's either young or is absolutely from a different industry and you want to make sure that they understand. So they don't know your terminology, they don't know your field, share it with them and then ask them, did you understand it? Or what did you understand from my content? So I also do that with clients. Sometimes I have I need them to share a message. Just go live and share a message. And then I say, and then everybody else you put down and what was the main idea? How did you understand it? Because when we share it, we want to make sure that people get it. Mm -hmm. So go and share it with someone either online or with someone that you know and ask them. So what was it about? What did you get from it? that, That would be a good test.
1: Yes. I am just imagining myself right now thinking of all of the words I use repetitively. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you know what? But I it's definitely normal. need to mix that up. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's absolutely normal. We all have our own vernacular or you know our like our own- safe words. <laughs> Yes. And you can tell, for example, I know my friend and when I hear certain words, I know that's her. When Mm. I see something written, some kind of content, I can tell that that's her just by reading it. I might not even know it's her just because, oh, these are her words. Oh, this is, these are her structures and her sentences. So we all have that. It's totally fine. But yes, if we can mix it up with some new and more words, then that would be.
1: I think too, the more we know our audience, the better we're going to be at choosing the right words for them. That I think a lot of times the way that I explain it to clients is we have the curse of knowledge. We assume everyone knows as much as we do, which isn't the case. And and if we can make it simple, that's, that's our obligation.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: The next thing I'd love to chat about is the close. I think a lot of us do a great job of introducing ourselves or getting the presentation rolling of delivering content. But then that end sometimes feels (laughs) like it wasn't as powerful. It maybe makes us question the whole presentation. Are there things we can do to close out a presentation powerfully and be remembered?
0: Yes. Well, absolutely. Start with the end in mind. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you guys heard about Stephen Covey and his his, uh, seven habits of highly effective people. So start with the end in mind. It works for presentations, too. A lot of times people think about the opening, they think about the main body because they're like, oh, well, that's the most important thing, but then I'll, I'll end it somehow. That That's not important. But yes, that's how you're remembered. If your opening is great and you have, awesome, phenomenal tips there in your presentation. And then you mumble at the end and ah, that's it. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Thank you. Goodbye. That's, that's very generic and it, it doesn't help anybody. So how can you end it? There are all different kinds of ways. And again, you have to start with it, start in mind with it. You don't start with the end, but you keep it in mind what you wanted to rehearse. Those are the two things. Remember, I said two things that you can really practice and even memorize is the opening and the ending. Mm. So you know your ending. And that way, you will not be nervous when you are finishing your presentation and you don't know, oh, how do I end? How do I end? You've rehearsed it. You know it by heart. So that's how you will end. The endings, great endings could be call to action. And every entrepreneur needs to do that and know how to do it. At the very end, remember, what are you calling them to do? And now please click on that link below and go and learn about me even more or go and read about my new book or my program. Or, and now look at these, all these tips that I just shared with you, which one do you want to start applying in your life today? So call them to action. As soon as there's any kind of action, any kind of application, they will remember it. That will be memorable. That is one thing you can, again, you can also combine Mm-hmm. Several different types of endings because I always love to summarize. I think that that is great, especially if you're sharing tips, lessons, key ideas. If there is any number of three or five or four, or four or seven, for some reason, just a little side track. Psychologists say that we need to have an odd number. Oh, although I can hear four a lot, but yes, odd number is more memorable for our brain. Three, five, seven. So if you told them, if you shared some of those tips, then memorize them, uh, summarize them at the end. Say, mm. okay, so what, what did we do? Like I, I was planning to do it. So we had simple, concrete, credible, emotional, unexpected, and story. And now I would love for you to choose one that you will be applying in your life, in your stories, in your presentations next time. So there will be combining summarizing and call to action. You can do summarizing and then an inspirational quote. Mm. So choose a quote that really works for this particular topic and and you feel that it's powerful. And you know, always inspiration is great. Say it at the very end and send them off to their work and to where they're going. Also a takeaway, you think in mind, what do you want people to take away from your presentation? What is this one main idea? Mm. And then you can take that idea that catchphrase and put it at the very end I would suggest use that little catchphrase that punchline that one takeaway use it at the some somewhere at the beginning in the middle and then at the end so you say it several times that's how you take control of what they take away from your presentation Mm -hmm. repeat it several times when something is repeated then it it is remembered so repeat that punchline again at the end that's one of the things
1: I think that's a huge takeaway right there. If you take anything from today's presentation, in my experience, we get caught up in all the pieces and the components, but what is the one point? What's the hypothesis? What's the reason you're having the presentation? (laughs) And most of us don't know that. I've gone into presentations where I had four points and it's like, that's not it. What is the reason, the point? And if you can take that and keep that in mind throughout, I think we're all just going to do a better job of, of presenting.
0: Absolutely. Yes. There's one that I also like. Let me share this one. I really love this structure. It's when you start with a story or you start with something and then you share a presentation or a speech. And then at the end, you go back to the beginning. And it's like you are closing this circle, this loop. So you go full circle from the beginning to the end. So it could be a story, it could be when you started a story at the beginning, and then you finished that story at the very end. So like, remember what we started with? And then after I met those people, I did it and that's where I did it. What, what happened? So you're finishing, you're giving them the ending of the story. And now I would love for you to also, and then give them some kind of an, a call to action or some inspiration, some motivation at the end. So this is powerful from what I've seen in other people's presentations as well.
1: That visual of the circle I found really helpful because I think a lot of times we assume it's a going from A to B. But I, th- I think you're right. We have to be able to tie it back, yeah. back to the beginning. And Natasha, I'm so, first off, grateful for today's conversation. I learned so much. And I'm excited to go and build my little story bank of uh, personal stories and professional stories I can share and use in different presentations. But I'm also really excited... Because I do have a presentation I have to prepare and I'm totally Mm -hmm. going to use all of these tips to do so so I'm so grateful for our listeners who are trying to become better communicators who want to maybe start doing their first or a professional presentation, where can they learn more about
0: you. Well, I'm on social media everywhere on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and I'm sure you'll have the links in the description. And also my my website, it's Natasha Basilevich. I know that it's a mouthful, but <laughs> Natasha is easy. Then it's like basil with a Z and then it's just E-V-Y-C-H, but you can probably find that link and go to my website. You can also download my free video course. It's public speaking, one-on-one, free mm. video course, and then learn about me, you know, everything that you want. I yeah, I love chatting with people and connecting with people everywhere on socials.
1: Amazing! I will definitely have the links in the description. I thank you so much for your time and expertise today. I uh, I feel like I'm a more prepared public speaker, even just having had this conversation with you. So thank you so much. Thank
0: you, thank you, Mickey. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. You see, I'm passionate about this. So I love talking about (laughs) it.
1: I can see every time you get like, I can feel the energy. And I know for me, when you're in a presentation or a conversation, that can be the difference maker. And I, I appreciate that you actually show us in the way that you present and connect the things that we can do better as well. You're just a great role model. Thank you. Thank you. That's, it means a lot to hear that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me in another episode of the Hustle Less Profit More Podcast. Thanks to our season one sponsor, Asteri Pursuit Marketing and Communications. You can find show notes and resources at hustlelessprofitmorepodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us where you get your podcasts. Join us again next time to uncover more of the keys to achieving success, wealth, fulfillment, and freedom. Thanks for listening.